0: on this episode of I'm There For You, Baby. Well, Neil, I have a lot on my mind.
1: Somewhat of a poster child for smart, talented women.
0: Yeah, and it's not just women. It's having diverse people around the table.
1: It's a good old boys Uh, network, and that's how it's perpetuated.
0: Teresa Jakes, board practice leader with major executive search. Diversity is a real business issue. Neil's helped a lot of people with problems solve
1: them. Women actually improve the outcomes of your company.
2: You do find that they say, look, you know, I would ideally, you know, my next hire, I'd like to be a
1: diverse candidate. I'll send my resume to you.
0: I'm There For You Baby is produced in San Diego, California, America's finest city. Presented
1: by Hi VN. The COVID-19 vaccine was tested on over 70,000 Americans, including a significant number of African Americans. Among them, doctors, bus drivers, first responders, cooks, nurses, moms, dads, teachers, and preachers. The COVID vaccine can protect our community from the virus, especially those with underlying medical conditions. The only question is, will you verify and trust Hello listeners, welcome to another edition of I'm There For You, Baby, the Entrepreneur's Guide to the Galaxy. And in fact, it actually is the Guide to the Galaxy. Today is April 1st, and we're not fooling you. I'm here with my partner, co-host, bride and the conciliary, Barbara Bree. And we're going to change it up a little today. Barbara Darling, what's on your mind?
0: Well, Neil, I have a lot on my mind today. You know, we think the world is changing, that it's becoming more equitable, that women are getting more opportunities, that the pay gap is narrowing. And then I read an article in Stanford Business Insights, and it says that women in entry-level STEM jobs are paid less than men, and it has nothing to do with their skill sets. Now, STEM stands for science, technology, engineering, and math. So these are good paying jobs and the pay gap is significant. Women earn about $61,000 in their first engineering and computer science job versus $65,000 for men. And this is even though women have the same grade point average and degrees. So why does this gap exist? According to the Stanford researchers, one thing, One thing separates men and women, self-confidence or the lack of self-confidence. And how does this express itself? So a man might guarantee that he can prototype and problem solve, a woman might express her doubts. This is known as imposter syndrome. In addition, the researchers found that women are less likely to negotiate their compensation. Remember, confidence is not the same as competency. So let me repeat that. Confidence is not the same as competency. And this is important for equity and also because companies are missing out on talented individuals. So what can we do? Teachers can foster a positive mindset in girls as they are growing up. Recruiters need to reevaluate how they screen candidates. And part of the hiring process could include having applicants actually perform the tasks they're going to need on the job. Internships are important because preliminary evidence suggests that when women are given the chance to try out they receive higher starting salaries. So women, don't be afraid to negotiate. Neil, what are your thoughts?
1: So I have strong feelings, Barbara, about this. As you know, I, I am somewhat of a poster child for smart, talented women, and I've done that in my entire career. Your comment about the, the, the example being, well, I'm not sure about this, you can turn that into not lack of confidence, but willingness to understand the complexity of the problem. I I think it's hard. I mean, I'm not sure our our, our guest today, Teresa Jakes, maybe she can give us some guidance, but it's for sure that women are still underpaid, regardless of competence. I think you said it well. And it's important for employers, for bosses, men or women, but the CEOs to aggressively, affirmatively reach out to and support smart women. Because in the long run, the truth is they outperform the men.
0: Yeah, so I think what was also interesting to me was the imposter syndrome, which also has shown up in the political field. And there have been studies shown that women need to be asked many more times to run for public office, that uh, men with less skill set, lower skill sets will decide that they're you know qualified to run for political office uh versus a woman but you know as you know a key theme of our show is today is everyone needs to think like an entrepreneur whether it's in their own business a large company or a nonprofit. Um, entrepreneurs demonstrate the willingness to ask tough questions to think in new ways and to challenge the status quo hiring the right people and then integrating them into your organization is an important part of determining whether you're going to be successful. Many organizations of all types fail simply because the team doesn't get along. We'll talk about this with our next guest, Teresa Jakes. Teresa is a partner and board practice leader with major executive search. Her job is helping people, companies, recruit the talent they need. She's particularly interested in diversity, and accelerating the number of women on corporate boards and the executive suite. Teresa, welcome to I'm there for you, baby. Thank you, Barbara. What a fantastic introduction you guys gave. What great points raised. Yeah, well, I thought you know that rant of mine might be very relevant to what you see every day, you know, in the executive search world. Uh, do you see discrepancies between? Um, how companies approach hiring men and women?
2: Uh, I I would say that one of the values that we bring as a search firm is our focus actually on diversity um, on the broader side, not just women. And I'm very proud to say, and we're in the technology space, as you know, that 67% of our uh, executive placements last year were diverse candidates, that's both gender and ethnic diversity. So I think what that's saying, Barbara, is that companies now, because of everything that's going on, both society and regulation, and pressure from the shareholders and investors for small companies, diversity is a real business issue. And those companies that uh, are not diverse, who don't have a balanced uh, executive team, a balanced board are being called out. So it's a business imperative now uh, for more companies to be hiring women into executive and uh, board uh, positions. So I'm I'm seeing a a, a, uh, change, if you will, and that's occurred and is
0: accelerating over the most recent years. So let's step back and please tell our listeners, what is executive search? What do you do? Uh, Why can't companies do this on their own? So um, first of all,
2: we are retained by companies. Um, So think of us in the same way as you'd think about retaining a consultant. And we uh, focus specifically on seeking out highly uh, experienced, specialized executives uh, for key positions. Typically, that's vice president level and above. So could be CEO, could be CFO, uh, CHR chief human resource officer, as well as, as you indicated early, I, I lead the board practice. So board directors now are increasingly being recruited through executive search. And that's a relatively recent shift because traditionally board directors were predominantly sourced through uh, referrals from fellow board
1: members. And, and so partners.
0: that's why they all look the same. <laughs> you could say that. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 wait a minute. No,
1: no. Let's say that. It's a good yeah. old boys network and so, that's so how it's perpetuated.
0: <laughs> so we will be seeing
2: more and we are seeing more like Barbara's uh, You know profile on on boards um more more barbers on boards let's put it that way
0: so why do you think companies can't do this on their own why do they need to hire an outside consultant
2: um it's a very intensive process because most of the uh executives we're seeking are not actually on the market They're, they're not applying for positions um, so we have to be very targeted and it's our job to, to really be very specific and targeted and entice an executive um, or a board director to, to join a particular company when they may not, ne- not actually be thinking about any move. So if you're a, a CEO running your company or a CFO, you have, and you know from your past experience in industry, you have more than enough on your plate than to take on uh, another full-time job. And this is, this is all we do, this is what we specialize in. So that's one thing, there's time. Uh, the other aspect is that our access to talent is much, much more extensive than a company has itself. I mean, we're talking to executives, board directors every single day, um, a night, and weekend. <laughs> mm-hmm. So so when you're out there, uh, what we guarantee is that we can move quickly, uh, we can get quick access to talent, it's the right talent, you're not gonna waste your time, cycle your time, and you can get on and do your job knowing that you can trust uh, a search firm, if particularly trusting our firm to bring the right candidates and, so, and to, to bring a small number of candidates to you.
0: So tell us how the process works. you like, the company says, I need to hire a CFO and they mm-hmm. hire you. What, what happens?
2: Yeah. So, um, and we have a, a process, which is actually designed to complete a search, start to finish within 90 days. And um, last year, we uh we actually our average uh close of a search from beginning to end was actually 81 days um so typically our process will start very front-end loaded we spend time so we spend time with uh the ceo uh and his peers i mean if it were a cfo more than likely actually some of the board members to understand their expectations from that cfo and we take we then take that information Uh, Pull it into a very uh, sharp, uh, what we call a position spec to describe the position, the qualifications, what they're looking for. And we go to what we call go to market with that document. We'll have a a very clear understanding of where to find uh, that particular uh, candidate that they're looking for. Because not all CFOs are the same. Uh, Could be a CFO that they want to take a a company public if it's a pre-IPO company. It could be a CFO that's had a ton of experience in m and work. If, if it's a company that's looking to um, expand in that way. Um, so we really get into the nitty gritty of what it is that, that they're specifically so, looking for.
1: Yeah, But Teresa, wait, I, yeah. I, I, I want to poke at this. Yeah. So you, you're going to talk to the board and CEO and, and they're going to tell you what they think they want. Yeah. And I'm going to suggest in my little coaching business and my own little world, that often they come, the companies come to me with a problem. They say, my problem is L. And when I get done in 90 minutes talking to them, they realize their problem is B and C. Yeah. So what I'm challenging you on is they say, Teresa, this is what we want. These are the specs of, this is the job description for the CFO. And what I'm going to suggest is, I imagine on occasion you can find Jones who did not fit the spec, but was perfect for what they needed. In other words, if they, I want to ask you to look for something that I think I want, but I'm really looking for you to find perhaps something that I didn't think I want, but I actually need. That's,
2: no, and, and, that, and that's not a, a challenge. That's actually supporting our approach to executive search, which is that we will provide uh, a slate, typically five candidates, and they, they will be very different candidates to compar- compare and contrast. Because it's it's highly unusual that you're going to get a hundred percent match, and then as you go through the process and as you and it's our job to filter out so that there are five uh, solid candidates, if you will, and it's a question of what you prefer. Uh, you you want somebody a little bit more like that or like this one, and that's the value of an experienced search firm is that they they can translate uh, what the client is saying to what's going on in the market and what's there, what's so available. So T- Teresa,
0: I'm sure that, you know, meeting the candidates is in person is an important part of the executive hiring process. How has COVID sort of impacted executive hiring?
2: Yes, <laughs> good
0: point. Like,
2: like everyone else, uh, executive searches has, has pivoted uh, with, with COVID. So um, typically now, interviews are being done through a video platform, be it Zoom or Teams or whatever. Um, and in some cases, you know, it's very unusual still if it's a C-level candidate that there hasn't, at, towards the end of the process, that there isn't some sort of, you know, in-person interaction, you know, social distance, distancing and regulations, etc., are being followed. But it's more now I'm finding through video interviewing, it's speeding up the process.
0: Oh, that's interesting. So is there, um, has, what about the pace of executive hiring in the last year with COVID? Is it slowed Um, down? Is it faster and the same?
2: With the video now, calendars are freeing up because the usual issue has been, oh, I'm traveling on that day, right? Or I've got a, a board meeting on that day. I've got to travel. It takes three days to get there and back. So now that's disappeared. And now also, as we all know, with Zoom and other uh, platforms, we're finding that we're 20, almost 24-7.
0: So in my rant, I talked about the pay gap in STEM uh, for women Mm -hmm. and women, you know, starting engineers versus men. What do you think companies can be doing to get more women into leadership roles, both in the executive suite and in the boardroom?
2: And I, I sort of alluded to this earlier. We are seeing more focus in that area, and that gets translated into uh, requesting that slates have, you know, the, the shortlist, if you will, that it's a balanced slate. That, that uh, you know, there are um, it's not all male. That you actually have ideally 50 fifty-fifty uh, female. Um, I like to shift it and say seventy percent female and thirty for my, you know, for my slates. Um, so there's that aspect and then we do we do find that um you know in some cases they say look you know I've got all men on my exec team I would ideally you know my next hire I'd like to be a diverse candidate mm-hmm. um I seem to get all of those by the way on the searches you know <laughs> so, so all of my searches at the moment it's all about I need diversity mm-hmm. um so i I'm bringing diverse candidates to the table.
0: So the company finds the candidate they like, they make the the person, he or she, they make her an offer Let's be optimistic. Uh, She arrives to start her new job. What can the company do to make sure that she is incorporated into the company culture and becomes successful?
2: So, Neil, uh, actually, I don't know, Neil, if you do this, but what we have found um, in, in certainly the last year or so is that uh, companies are using coaching uh, as a very important part of onboarding their executives.
1: And that, I think Thank you, because that, that's yeah. exactly, I've experienced more clients who come and say, yeah, so I'm agreeing with you. I didn't mean to interrupt Yeah.
2: No, no. So, so that's, that's a very key, but that coaching aspect is very important because if you think about you know, think about a CEO joining a company, who does a CEO turn to when everybody's got this high expectation? Oh, we've just brought in this superstar CEO, we've spent you know, 100 days plus recruiting him, could be longer. Uh, everyone's seen him and the, expect- the market is expecting suddenly this company to turn around You know and he's going to set all the ills right you know from the get-go who does he talk or she who does she talk to to help well how does things work around here (laughs) what are the sacred things i shouldn't be initially touching right because i i don't want to come in and be a you know, a jerk from the gate, you know. So so I think the coaching aspect we've seen a lot and it's actually part of the service that we provide so that so that we would we have identified uh, partners who specialize in helping senior execs integrate into new companies.
1: Maybe I, I should audition to be one of your, uh, <laughs> uh, I'll send my resume to you. Yeah. You
2: should actually, yeah. please do. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we're always expanding our resources and network. That's what we do in search.
0: So Teresa, how can our listeners uh, get in touch with you? Uh, the, be- the best suggestion I, I would say is my email,
2: uh, which is tjacques, J-A-C-Q-U-E-S, at Majorexecutivesearch.com.
0: Right. Is there any last thought you'd like to leave uh, with our listeners?
2: I would like to leave uh, with a confirmation that uh, the diversity issue is being addressed. Still a long way to go, but there are many, many corporations, resources, campaigns, advocates who are out there. Uh, making a difference. So uh, I'm hopeful uh, it's not going to happen overnight, but I'm hopeful that we will continue to see accelerated uh, focus and results of diversity in companies.
0: Great. Well, thank you for joining us today, Teresa. It's been an important uh, conversation and one and topics I'm very passionate about. Thank
2: you for having me, Barbara. I'm Teresa Jakes, and I'm the partner at Major Executive Search, and you're listening to I'm There For You, Baby, the Entrepreneur's Guide to the Galaxy.
1: I think what Ms. Jakes does is really important. Diversity which is a larger word, not just women, but here's what I know, because I read all this stuff from the Harvard business and Stanford and Yale and Michigan. Women actually improve the outcomes of your company. On the board, they increase revenue, they get better decisions. It's, you should, as a corporation, you should be looking for women because statistically, not, not emotionally, statistically, they add more value than they cost.
0: Yeah. And it's not just women. It's having diverse people around the table. When you have people around the table who don't look like you, who don't think like you, uh, your organization makes better decisions. Uh, Listeners, uh, thank you for joining us for this episode of I'm There For You Baby, The Entrepreneur's Guide to the Galaxy. If you have ideas for us, please email info at imthereforyoubaby.com. I'm There For You Baby is produced in San Diego, California, America's finest city. Presented by IVN. For the last 10 years, IVN has brought you over 10,000 articles from hundreds of independent-minded authors dedicated to a simple etiquette, rather than an ideology. We're proud to be rated center by AllSides.com and Least Biased by MediaBiasFactCheck.org. It is that nonpartisan spirit that is at the core of our journalistic mission. Today, we introduce you to a new era at IVN. We're handing over the mic, so to speak, to our independent contributors to develop their own shows, their own voice, and their own brand. In short, IVN is providing a programming platform for organizations, experts, and talented journalists to share news, information, and commentary with readers and listeners who think for themselves. We hope you find a few shows that you like. We hope you connect directly with
1: our contributors. And as always, we hope you continue to think for yourself.